1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum,
0: And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis.
1: This week, in honor of the new Man vs. Beast movie, Beast, we are going to look back on some other Man vs. Nature type movies. We are going to be talking about Jaws, The Grey, and Anaconda. Before we Lots get, of
0: big ass animals on on this week's Cinema Shakedown. One
1: hundred percent. Before we get into all that, how you doing, Jordan?
0: I'm good. I think you should know. I briefly contemplated before starting doing the entire episode in uh, John Voigt's quote unquote Paraguayan accent.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! I the, the I would not sh- have been sh- able to handle that.
0: <laughs> the Shirashama tribe.
1: <laughs> it sounds like he's like he, having a stroke. Just,
0: you just got to do a drunk Tommy Wiseau, and it's perfect. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what he sounds like. Uh, you wa- yeah, you
0: know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah,
1: you doing all right? Uh, yeah. You watch anything?
0: I am looking at that right now. I don't... We, we kind of had a lot of movies to talk about, so I don't think I watched anything else. Did, did we fucking talk about the Book of Henry yet? No. Did we no. talk about that last episode? No, we oh, didn't.
1: Oh, my God. Wait. That's you! Holy shit.
0: Buzz you. Thank you.
1: Um oh, no, we watch. did not talk about the cinematic masterpiece, The Book of Henry.
0: Yeah, so we watched The Book of Henry uh, a couple of nights ago with with our, our good buddy Charlie, who's who's been on the podcast multiple times, and it, it is a uh in a word, it's it's a baffling movie. It is it it's shocking how disjointed and miscommunicated everything in the movie is. Because it's a movie that, like, if I read the premise on paper, I'm kind of like, okay, that's kind of like a, an interesting sort of like dark kind of kind of heavy subject matter. But I mean, like, you know, like like without any like context, like it's it's at least interesting. But when you watch it presented this way, where it's just like clearly Colin Trevorrow, the director, had a completely different vision than everyone else involved. Yeah, and it just it just leaves you with this bizarre fucking movie. It is. Uh, it's bad too. It's bad. It, it's a bad movie.
1: It is one of the most tonally confused things ever. Um, and it's
0: like uh, we were talking about it. The the writer intended it to be, like, a dark comedy, right?
1: I, I believe, though, the writer, Greg Hurwitz, this was his first screenplay. He was he was known for, for writing uh, novels, and... Oh, shit. And I, and I believe he wanted it to be more of a dark comedy, and then uh, Colin Trevorrow, uh, stupid-ass, took it really seriously. Um,
0: yeah, I, I can't believe Colin... Colin Trevorrow is the type of stupid motherfucker to read that script and be like, oh, yeah, this is sincere, this, this is genuine.
1: And, and then like, he plays, like... And we were saying, like, it's not a poorly shot movie or put together or even no. acted. The performances are all right. But that kind of adds to this level of discomfort because the script is so fucking trash.
0: See, is it even the script or is it just like... See, I feel like most of the bad choices for this movie come in post-production. You know what I mean? The music, like, for one. That's Mike, what I'm saying. Like, you change the score, you change the color grading, and, like, you, ed- you edit it differently. And, and you could get something out the of
1: it. The dialogue is bad.
0: It, like, it it's, is. It, but, it's, but it's salvageable. You know what I mean? It like, is salvageable. Like, I, I think if you, if you kind of rearrange the context of the movie, you could get something out of it. But but I think most of the problems come from Colin Tomorrow's yes. vision, or, or lack thereof. I'm just, and, like, mostly, like, post-production I'm
1: just films. allergic to, uh, the, uh, the precocious genius child trope. I fucking hate so, it. So,
0: for those of you that don't know, the movie is about, uh, the, the kid from It. He's, like, a super genius Jimmy Neutron type, but he's a fucking prick. He, he's, a, he's a complete asshole. Uh, and he finds out one day that, uh, his friend, who's his neighbor, who who lives, you know, right next door, is being abused by her father, and so he hatches a plan to kill the dad... But then Super Genius dies of a brain tumor and leaves a little fucking Unabomber manifesto for his brother and mom, who's a fucking deadbeat. The the mom was Naomi Watts, and she just plays Gears of Wars all day like it's fucking 2006. Right, exactly. It came out five years ago. Yep. Uh, And so the the, the mom basically, like, embarks uh, to, like, finish (laughs) Henry's revenge.
1: Yeah. Um, and it plays it, the tone, very strangely...
0: If it had been funnier, it would be more forgivable. Again, if, if this had just stuck to maybe maybe Herbitt should have directed this. I don't know.
1: Maybe maybe it would have been but better. Like uh, Colin Trevorrow is yeah. one of the worst directors working today. Like,
0: I I completely agree. People he listen, People talk shit. Listen, I am I'm, I'm this is a call to arms right now. Zack uh, Zach Snyder stands and James Gunn fans need to put aside their differences, lay down your arms, and we need to focus on the real enemy to cinema, Colin Trevorrow.
1: Um. It, it, Uh, do you remember the scene where Sarah Silverman kisses the child on the lips?
0: I do remember that. That made me so fucking uncomfortable. Yep. That Uh, was gross as hell.
1: Uh, yeah, this, uh, this is a a one. Like, you can't, you can't give it higher than a one, man. Uh,
0: a, a, a big, fat, stinky one. I thought Hank was okay.
1: Yeah, he's alright. I mean, Dean Norris is, is good and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks cop Other
0: than that, I don't think I watched anything.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I watched. I finished season one of the boys.
0: Oh, you, what'd you think? It's, I also totally forgot I did watch something else, but I'll talk about that after after you're done with
1: the Uh, boys. you finally got me to watch. It's good. It's, good. it's very. It's very good. It's yes, very it's very what we good. Like um,
0: see, season one is 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 such like an appetizer. I'm just. I'm so excited <laughs> to see your reactions to stuff going forward.
1: Um, you like. How I've described it is I think the filmmaking can be a bit hit or miss sometimes, but it's entirely carried by excellent writing and character work and performances. Right.
0: Um, no, it, it's 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 absolutely standout in those areas. For
1: uh, sure. Um, yeah, my favorite character is Frenchie. My favorite character. Is Frenchie.
0: I, I love Frenchie. Frenchie, I love Frenchie
1: and Kimiko's relationship is so cute, and I, M- I love it. My favorite character, okay, I, I think
0: the next <clears throat> character is Homelander, just because he's, he's like such best written, yeah. a compelling <clears throat> villain. But my favorite—I've always loved Mother's Milk. I, I've always, I've always gravitated towards. He's him. great. He, he gets a great arc in the third season. I know I keep talking about the third season, man, but that, it's really where the show kind of takes it up a notch. But no, I'm really glad you like the first one, man. I'm, I'm excited. Four to out of five.
1: Four out of five for before. the first season.
0: I, I agree. That's about where I would give the first season too.
1: Um, what, what else you watch?
0: I watched the pilot of House of the Dragon. That dropped on yes,
1: Sunday. Yes, yes, I have not watched that yet.
0: The Game of Thrones prequel spinoff set about 200 years before the events of, of Game of Thrones. And for those of you that probably already know, uh, Game of Thrones didn't have the prettiest ending Oof, uh, of all time. That's uh, putting uh, it away. <laughs> a little controversial there at the end. Um... But uh, so so my my expectations were were kind of through the floor for for House of the Dragon. I mean I know David Benioff and and DB Weiss who were kind of the the I don't want to say scapegoats, but they kind of took all, most or all of the blame for the uh, for the Game of Thrones Like Not saying it like wasn't their fault or anything, but they they really did kind of get like definitely wasn't black, fault blacklisted. Well, you I mean, truly, but it, they got they got like fucking blacklisted Good. and everything. I haven't heard from those guys in. And I'm going to keep them fucking far away from...
1: I still don't understand why they didn't just fucking hire another showrunner and keep the show going instead of rushing um, it, but whatever. Because
0: they're, idi- they're the idiots that wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine.
1: Yeah, you're right. Fuck them. And also but, Gemini Man. Don't forget Gemini Man.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I... So my expectations were not very high for this. And let me tell you, I was thoroughly impressed. I was blown away by how uh, effective this, this pilot was. It's it's very much like game of thrones distilled like filtered it's it feels like the first season where you're kind of like introduced to all these like character dynamics and relationships but there's like there's barely any action it's a lot of like political dialogue there's a lot of like um uh, you know council meetings and stuff like that and i'm like yes this is this is what i've been missing this is this feels like classic game of thrones like don't get me wrong, you, you do get some, there's like a, a tourney scene right around in the middle that's that's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, the, the funniest fucking clip I saw on Twitter, there's a bit where, uh, I almost said Matt Damon, Matt Smith, because his, his name in the show is Damon Targaryen. Uh, sure. Matt Smith gets like knocked off his horse, but not all the way, and he like slides on the middle rail, and somebody edited a clip where they put in the, the animation from Pro Skate where you grind. Oh <laughs> He's no. on the fucking bar. Oh shit! Um, but no, dude, it's it's really good. Well, well written, very well acted. The performances are, are incredible. Um, Patty Considine plays Viserys, who's the king currently. I love Patty Considine. And he's incredible in it, dude. He like emotionally devastating the shit this dude has to go through in one episode. Um, Matt Smith is great as the quote unquote antagonist. I you know it's Game of Thrones, so it's kind of like. And that, that's another thing I like about this, is there's no clear-cut good guys or bad guys. It feels, again, like classic Game of Thrones in that way. Like, everyone's got motivations and stuff like that. Like, like For example, um, freaking Otto Hightower is the lizard from Amazing Spider-Man. He, he's like the Tywin of this era. He's the Hand of the King. And he's like the only one who stands up to his shit. And you're like, oh, I kinda like this guy. But then he does something later that you're kinda like... Oh, maybe this guy's kind of scummy. You know what I mean? Like mm. no one, no one is like truly righteous or nefarious. I I would say Matt Smith's probably the biggest douchebag that we've been introduced to so far. But even then, like I get where he's coming from. Sure. Um, just no. It's it's I was I was blown away. It's it, it's it's fresh. I I, mean, I know that it feels weird to say considering it like it's harkens back to something we already have. But like it's just so nice to see this universe. <laughs> in like a positive light again. I can't believe I'm going to get tricked into into liking this this show. But Yeah. No, it's um I oh, well I'm so glad far, I'm it, glad
1: to hear it's good.
0: No, if if it continues this level of quality, I uh I see it being just as good as Game of Thrones. Honestly, I I if if it continues on an upward trend, I think we really could have, like, a Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad situation on our hands.
1: Very nice. Very nice to hear.
0: House of the the Dragon pilot gets a 4 out of 5 for me. That Uh, that episode was great.
1: The only other things I watched, just as a quick, uh, so we can move on, is uh, Kung Fu Panda 3, which I had never seen before. And I rounded off the trilogy. It's the worst one. It is the worst one, but it's absolutely fucking gorgeous to look at.
0: It's, I think it's the best looking one. It is it certainly is the, the best one.
1: looking one. But yeah, it because the villain's not as strong and the um, the villain for sure. Yeah, and uh, they it's the least um, tightly paced with like the panda village shenanigans and stuff.
0: Like, like it's it's fun. You know what's funny is three feels more like two. You know what I mean? Where I, I feel like two, like the whole thing with Poe. Like finding his inner peace feels more like the culmination of his journey than the end of Kung Fu Panda you,
1: Three. Well, that's interesting because I, Kung Fu Panda Three. What annoyed me the most about it, and I, I want to make it clear, I liked this movie I, a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, they ignore his arc in two. They like ignore yeah. the inner peace stuff. They don't even mention the inner peace stuff. They they mention the like um the what's the finger thing the shkadoosh. Oh,
0: the the whooshy finger. The whooshy finger. Because Kung Fu Panda 2 wasn't, like... Like, people like that movie. Like, it's, yeah.
1: it's not, like... It, it's really weird, like, to, like, just kind of pretend it didn't exist. I love the, the second one. Um, So, but it's still a good movie. It's still a three and a half for me. I still really yeah. like it. Um, I, I agree. I also rewatched Sunshine, which is one of my most... It's one of the most underrated space movies ever. It's a four and a half. For sure. Uh okay. But now we got some movies to get into.
0: Big-ass Animals.
1: Big-ass Animals. Um. So I Do guess wanna we're. Start
0: with the, we want to start with the goat.
1: Let's start with the goat. Jaws, you know it. You love it. You've seen it. Yeah, you've hopefully, seen
0: it. like it's it's Jaws. Like
1: um, Jaws is a film that follows uh, Chief Brody, who is working on Amity Island in New York. Um, they're preparing for the Fourth of July season. When a body washes up on shore that has all the death marks of uh, a shark attack.
0: No, Kyle, it was definitely a boat propeller.
1: No, d- sorry. Don't be uh, silly. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and, and, you know, the, the town officials are very hesitant to shut down the town because... Of, they're
0: trying to cover it up.
1: Because of 4th of July season, because that's where they make all their money, because they're a summer town. Um, and it's about, you know, Chief Brody and... And the others, H- Hopper, played by Richard Dreyfus, kind of trying I think to it's Hooper. who? Sorry, Hooper. I said Hopper. Hooper uh, trying to prove Got the Stranger
0: Things. Stranger Things on the mind. Huh? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> um, there's some Stranger Things happening in this movie. Yeah,
0: a big ass shark.
1: They're basically trying to prove the existence of this shark. Um, and the, for the first half, for, for the fr- for the
0: first half, for the first half, they're trying to prove it exists. and for the second half, they're trying to kick its ass.
1: Yep. Uh yeah. What do you think of it Jaws? <laughs> it's
0: it's like the best movie ever made. I mean, what the fuck do you like? What do you want from me? It's here?
1: a it's a, it's in my top twenty. It's in my this top twenty. This movie this yeah. is
0: this is a fucking movie. Yeah, man. Like I, I've always said, it. Steven Spielberg. He has like a seventh or a sixth sense, where he just knows how movies should feel yes. when you're watching them. Like he knows exact, like he knows exactly where to play scenes, to where the emotionality of the film plays out like dominoes falling. Like it's so, it's just so meticulously crafted. Every scene, there's no, there's not a bit of goddamn filler in this. No. Every scene is so integral to either building the characters or building the plot or getting you emotionally invested. Yes. Because by the end of it, I guess some spoilers for Jaws.
1: Spoilers for all the movies that aren't beast. Yes. Okay.
0: So by the end of it when it's just the three main characters like you've spent so much time with them on this journey that like now that it's just them versus the elements that tension is just it's at its boiling point, you know?
1: Right. It's it's such a like viciously paced movie. The set pieces are insanely tense. The way Incredible. it builds tension is is like it, you feel sick to your stomach.
0: And I know people people always reference the fact that you don't see the shark for of course for a long time. Like they kind of build up to that. Hang on, I'm about to sneeze. I think nope, never mind. It went away. Yeah. Um, which is perfect because the shark reveal is maybe my favorite one-two shot combo in movie history. The shot of him dumping the chum in the water, and then the shark comes up and he sees it, and Roy Scheider's reaction, where he's just absolutely flabbergasted and drops yep. the cigarette. He's just like. Oh, shit. Because it's exactly how the audience feels. Like, when you fight... Because because it's the first time you really get, like, a good look at this thing, and you're like, holy shit, that is a big fucking shark.
1: The scene that's, like, sickeningly tense to me is the mayor who, like, gets the one couple to go into the water, and everyone follows in. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's so great, and...
0: The fucking kids with the cardboard fin or whatever. And
1: yeah, the scares in this movie are so legitimate. The shark, like, well, uh, the fucking head jump scare when Richard Dreyfus is investigating the boat remains is crazy.
0: Yeah, 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 I uh, I love the bit. it's I think it's the second kill. It's the kid where it, it's like everyone, like, like all the kids in the foreground are playing, and you see the kid on the raft in the background, and just this like. Just this black form just fucking like comes up and takes him. Yeah. And you don't like see what it is, you're just like, oh, like 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 oh man. It's so it's so simple. It's so simple. The stuff he does here. And, and I don't know whether or not that's like how much of that is like clear or, or like with intention, or it's just kinda of, like a limitation of the of the times, you know what I it's mean? It's
1: simple, but the filmmaking is so elegant. It's so it truly you know, the and, way he shoots conversations to, like, focus on so many different things going on, and, and the way he frames every conversation is so like, modern everything, everything, in its sensibilities.
0: It's so visually dynamic. Like, there's yes. not, there's nothing on the screen that's boring. No. You know what I mean? Like, e- even if it's, like, um, the conversation between Brody and the mayor, uh, after that scene you were talking about, where he's, like, finally trying to get him... To hire Quint, like the the like yes. the camera's like pulling back, they're walking around, like he closes the curtain behind them, like like there's always something that, like like Steven Spielberg. I, I was saying this watching it with uh, my buddy Alec last night. Steven Spielberg is an actor's director. Yes, uh, he he is. I feel like he's the kind of guy that always wants something going on in frame, and he's going to encourage you to just like. Go nuts! Play with prompts! Fucking move the set around! You know what I mean? Well,
1: like, yeah. You well, you mentioned one of the mare scenes. The other mare scene that really works from that perspective is the fairy scene, which is all shot in one take as no. they like slowly move closer to the camera. Um, it's
0: yeah. This, I know we say it a lot, but this Steven Spielberg guy sure can make a movie. Oh
1: my god! And then when you get to the back half, the actual hunt. Oh my god! It's so, it's so good.
0: good. So uh, Hooper and Quint are. Hooper's like a, uh, an oceanographer, he's, he's like a shark specialist, and Quint is like a fucking, he's, he's like a big game hunter for right. sure, and so you have this, like, you have such a simple but clear dynamic between these three dudes, you know what I mean, and, and they work so well off of each other, the chemistry there is just unfucking real which is hilarious because I've always heard, uh... Like 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 the, the legend goes that like Robert Shaw would show up to set like notoriously fucking blasted, just drunk out of his mind. Sure. And which 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 kind of comes through in this performance. <laughs> Let me tell you, I definitely think well, in the next movie we'll talk about we'll bring it up, but I definitely think John Voight is going for like a quint thing. In oh, Anaconda, okay. I think that's kinda what he's going for, and it doesn't work no, at all because no, it doesn't. you're just you're just not Robert Shaw. You are not the dude cracks open a beer and shotguns it in like .2 seconds in this movie. <laughs> Trust me. The dude's you're, at not, peace. you're
1: not that guy, pal. You're
0: yeah. not you're not that guy, pal. Uh
1: yeah, I agree. Um <laughs> and and so, like this, um, this, like, this very character-driven back half of these conversations are interrupted by moments of just pure terror and adrenaline. And, uh, yeah, again, like you said, the reveal of the shark is, is absurd. It's so it good.
0: Leads to, like, the best, uh, you're going to need a bigger bow, maybe yeah. the most iconic line in, in movie history. Like. I, I,
1: this has two of the most iconic. It also has smile, you son of a bitch.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, the ending, the climax of this movie is incredible.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, who, uh, fucking, um, uh, Quint getting bitten in half. Yeah, Quint gets
0: gets eight. R.I.P. Also, Quint is directly responsible, or indirectly responsible, for Hiroshima. They mention that canonically in this movie. He was on the USS Indianapolis, yeah. And they just, uh, don't really ever bring that up again?
1: Yeah. Um, Um,
0: but yeah, he gets ate by that shark.
1: Yeah, he does. And then uh, there's that very tense scene in the cage with uh, Hooper.
0: Yeah, oh my god.
1: And then he blows up the fucking shark with a a can of compressed air.
0: One of my favorite cases of foreshadowing ever. Did you notice earlier in the movie, when he's looking through the book, there's a picture of a shark that's like tearing up a boat and it has the tank in its mouth?
1: No, I didn't notice a tank in its mouth
0: it's so good because he's just like flipping through like a shark textbook or whatever and then the shark is just like destroying this little boat or whatever and it just happens to be like biting down on like a scuba tank
1: that's awesome and
0: i'm like i'm like ah uh, and then there's the bit later when hooper's like hey these are compressed air which is a little less you know nuanced but whatever it's uh, whatever this Still movie good. Still this good.
1: movie is so fucking good man like yeah it um, is a masterclass in how to pace a movie and how to build tension and how to if, fucking.
0: I mean, there, there's a reason this is considered like the first blockbuster of all time. This is if you're trying to make, uh, if if this is the kind of movie you're trying to make, this is like the gold standard. You can't look any further than this. This is, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. Five out of five. Ten out of ten. Jaws is Jaws is a perfect movie.
1: This is this is yeah. This is a uh, this is a ten like. Best best movie we're going to talk about today, sport. This I guess. is this is a perfect movie. There there is no fucking doubt in my mind that this is a a perfect movie. Yeah.
0: Uh if you haven't seen Jaws, what the fuck are you doing, man? Go yeah. watch Jaws. Pause this podcast, go watch Jaws and then come back.
1: Yeah, exactly. So then we are going to get into if we're going canonically, uh we got Anaconda.
0: We yeah. got Anaconda.
1: Um, now, this get, is a yeah. movie I,
0: ha- I have a feeling we kind of differ wildly on. Not wildly, but enough.
1: Um, give, give the plot synopsis since you've seen it like fucking dozen times.
0: An inhuman amount of times. Okay, so Anaconda stars Jennifer Lopez as a uh, documentarian. She is going down with a uh, scientist to travel the Amazon River in hopes of discovering this kind of like lost, isolated tribe. And they hire a boat, they charter it out there. And they're going down the river when they pick up a mysterious passenger who's been stranded, John Voight as uh, Sarone, who's a snake hunter. And as they're kind of on this journey, they they encounter a, a big, big ass anaconda man. And it, it, yeah, they basically have to uh, have to survive the snake. Eventually, they decide to like trap it and stuff. And it's I mean it's Jaws with the snake. Like yep.
1: Pretty pretty much. Uh, uh,
0: you don't like this movie. This movie's ass. I disagree. I think this movie's a lot of fun. Um,
1: I guess uh, what it comes down to is, is for years I, I heard about how you know batshit this movie is. Yeah. And in John Voight's performance, it certainly is. Um, yeah. This man is unhinged. We'll we'll get into that more. Um, yeah. but the actual content of the movie is uh, tamer than I expected. Um, and... I, I don't
0: know if I agree with
1: that. <laughs> and, and, uh, like, the I was, like, I guess expecting some wilder kills without a fucking awful CG snake. Um, oh, that's
0: the best part? though. No, that's that's the insanity is the CG snake. It looks awful.
1: Um, I think it busts into temporary insanity, um, in the the end when the snake lights on fire and starts chasing him. That's that was fun. That was fun. Um... But overall, this just, like, it didn't work for me. Uh, I thought it was funny at times, mostly because of John Voight's delivery of lines. Also, Ice Cube's first line is just referencing, uh, he says, Today today is a good day, or today was a good day, or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah,
0: come, on. come on, man, like, this is, that's so good. No, listen, this movie, this movie is, like, creme de la creme, fucking 90s cheese. This is... Oh, no man. I, I I think this movie's really entertaining. I this movie is like the dumb man's mummy in terms of just like like an ensemble cast of like colorful characters that, that are that are all just walking stereotypes meant to get devoured by this thing.
1: Ice Cube literally only speaks in in one-liners.
0: He's like an action figure. It's like they just pull a string every every couple of minutes. Right. Um But but I, I agree with you, the movie definitely picks up an in insanity the minute John Boyd steps onto the boat. For sure. What the fuck was he thinking?
1: Uh, I have no idea.
0: Truly, truly, like in the upper echelon of bad performances, I think. Like, like, like goat status.
1: It's one of the most baffling accents that anyone has ever attempted.
0: They say he's Paraguayan in the movie. I I don't know if that's actually true. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know how close to a Paraguayan accent that actually is. But I have to assume it's the farthest thing from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie got nominated for six Razzies I'm seeing right now. Did
0: it really? What did it get nominated for?
1: Worst picture. Worst actor. Worst right, director. Worst screenplay. Worst, worst new star for the animatronic Anaconda. And also, worst screen couple for John Voight in the animatronic Anaconda. Oh,
0: man. I fucking hate the Razzies. God damn it. Just have some fun, guys. Like, lighten up a little bit. The, the, the only time the Razzies were based is when they gave worst film to that Denise D'Souza documentary a few years ago. That was, that was based. Um. Yeah, dude. I don't know. This movie's dumb. It's bad. Like, I agree with you. Like, it's bad. It's just, I don't know. Like, it's, it's fun. I... I could I could throw this movie on any day of the week and fucking have a blast. Uh, like
1: I and I totally get that. Uh, but like as someone who like doesn't have any nostalgia for it You I, will I listen, just listen
0: well, well, once once we're living together and I play this movie for you once a week, you'll learn to love it.
1: Uh, maybe I will. Also I think it's funny that Eric Stoltz just like is out like he's in the first like thirty <laughs> they minutes.
0: They they ran out of budget on it. They so ran out like, of like, budget. Fuck, we need a, they were like, we need it for the climax, so we'll have them sit out for for the whole second third of this movie. Yeah,
1: it's so funny. Um, yeah, I barely remember anything about this movie. There's not a lot of memorable kills. I remember, like, I remember John Voight's oh, kill.
0: Oh, hang on, you're telling me you don't remember seeing Owen Wilson in the anaconda stomach?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a horrifying visual. Uh, it's, oh, it's so it's terrible. terrible. Um, I um I it's just, I only remember like brief glimpses of this also the,
0: the best well k- Kyle maybe you should do your job and take some notes huh um the the best kill in the movie is when he fucking intercepts Jonathan Hyde out of that out is of mid-air that is the best kill jump, when he tries to jump out of the water that
1: is the best kill uh Jonathan Hyde's actually maybe my favorite part of the movie I think he's pretty I
0: great. I mean yeah he, he's an actor's actor he's one of those guys that's good even if the movie's bad right like I hate like I, I hot take I guess I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast I don't like the original Jumanji um, but he is the best part of it.
1: Oh, man, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's some slander. Damn.
0: That's, oh, the, Jumanji sucks, dude. What are you talking about? No, you wanna I want to know why Jumanji sucks. Because Robin Williams isn't funny in it. At all. Are
1: you saying it's R- fucking... Robin Williams can't be serious?
0: No, I'm saying, like, it's the, it's not the kind of movie where, like, I'm, like, I'm not looking for Goodwill Hunting here. You know what I mean? Like, it's Jumanji. Mm. Um, yeah, I think both of the sequels are better than the original. Hot oh, tape, I guess. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that later. Zathura's better than the original Jumanji. We're
1: gonna we're gonna dissect all this at a, a later. Yeah, game.
0: listen, you want to talk about bad animal CGI? Fucking ugh! Those those monkeys give me nightmares. I wake up in my sleep thinking about those bad CGI monkeys. We're gonna
1: talk about this later. All um, right,
0: fine, whatever. Anaconda, three out of five. It's if you're listen, if you're looking for Jaws but stupid, this is it. Look no further. Two out of five. Wait, wait. Um, did you, did you, when you said that? Could you feel everyone unsubscribe from the podcast? They were like, "That that's the last straw." No, <laughs> no, I couldn't. I'm fucking. <laughs> uh,
1: so, it's fine. I won't blame you. So then we got 2011. We we jumped to 2011, and we get uh, the Liam Neeson film, The Gray. Wolves. Um, so the gray follows a team of what like what corporation do they work for? They work for like they're a like,
0: they're like oil rig workers. They're well, like yeah.
1: And and Liam Neeson is like the hunter that protects the drillers from uh wolves that are cuz it's they, in Alaska.
0: They work up in yeah.
1: Um and then one day when they're on a uh, on a plane home back home Um, for some weeks off, the, the plane crashes in the wilder in the Alaskan wilderness. Um, most of them are killed and the group of survivors start to be stalked by a pack of wolves. Um, and it's, from there, it's a straightforward survival film. Um, but not, maybe not as straightforward as you think it would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you you I had I have seen this movie before. Um mm-hmm. you would not. Um, no,
0: this, this is my first time.
1: And and uh I want to hear what what would you think of it? <laughs> this
0: movie's pretty good, man. <laughs> no, this movie's great. I uh I I was I was thoroughly surprised at the the emotional depth this movie had present because because I I had heard I had heard all the time that like it it was kind of mismarketed when it was first coming out like people were expecting more something like like an anaconda or or a beast where it's just like oh Liam Neeson's gonna fight some wolves and what they got was a a slow depressing like meditative movie that's all about faith and death and mortality and like overcoming like like trauma and, and depression and like finding the will to survive and fight again, and it's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> this movie rocks. You, me- you um, mentioned
1: when we were watching how raw his opening, like, fucking suicide note monologue is. Oh,
0: it, 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 Liam Neeson... So, the, the movie opens with Liam Neeson, he's about to go, I guess, his, or his, uh... We're doing spoilers, right? Yes. So, it's it's revealed in the end of the movie that his wife uh, passed away. Uh, she was sick, but you you don't find that out until the end, and so it's, it's implied that, like his wife left and he he's just depressed and he goes out to fucking kill himself and he doesn't go through with it and then he's kind of thrust into the survival situation it's essentially like karma i guess like forcing him to find the will to live again right and so uh which leads to the plane crash sequence which is is maybe the best sequence in the whole movie it's so good uh it's it's the, the sound design is incredible it's it's so like it's like thrash metal. It's it's like two sheets of steel getting like rolled together. It's it's fucking oh, it was incredible. And right. it's just like like the cutting and everything is so fucking like in your face. It was no, it was cool. One of the best plane crashes I've ever seen. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and, then, and then and then it really gets going when it gets with the guys on the ground and them like trying to you know get where they're go- get where they're going and everything.
1: This is just such a simple survival movie but with like an added layer of like meaning behind it. Yes. I'd say that like props it up above the 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 you know average of this, the genre.
0: Not only is it just wolves, but the wolves are a metaphor, you know? Right. Like there's there's actual like themes going on and, and and they're trying ca- to say something.
1: And the characters you know talking about religion and spiritualism and and mm-hmm. and kind of going on pushing forward it, it, it's it's really compelling. And,
0: really and I compelling. Think the, re- the reason I like this movie so much is it doesn't say too much. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I feel like a mo- If with a movie like this, it, it could kind of like uh, my biggest problems with like a movie like I don't know the Revenant, something kind of similar, is that I think at times it can be a little pretentious. Mm-hmm. But a, a movie like this never, never really do- dips its toe too deep into like the metaphorical like thematic aspects like it's it's present enough to where like you said it just gives that movie that extra layer of of of, like meat in the center where where there's actual you can actually like chew on it and think about it you know
1: sure um i think this is one of liam neeson's absolute best performances ever
0: I, I completely agree. It's maybe his most underrated performance. He
1: is so fucking good in this movie.
0: Him and Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo is also really good in this movie. He's
1: great. There's a scene near the end of the movie where the last... There's two of them left, and the last, the second-to-last person dies, and he's alone, and he starts yelling at God. And he, <laughs> he, ta- he says, fuck faith, earn it. And it is one of the best moments in this entire movie.
0: Liam Neeson just acting his fucking ass off.
1: Um, It's so great. Um, if I had any complaints with this movie, uh, I have a few, I think that it's a little too long for, for at points in the, but,
0: but, but what would you cut?
1: I guess that is the, I guess that's the question.
0: Like, what would you cut out? Cause I think this is a lot like Jaws where it's like, there's no filler here. Like it just, it, it starts and it goes, you know?
1: Yeah. I guess it just feels a little slower than Jaws to me, but, um, that's fair. But I I guess I won't know what I cut. And my only other problem is some of the early like wolf attack things are are there's the sh- the camera shaky. It's very very shaky. And um, sure. I would I would just tone that down a little bit.
0: Um, um, my only complaint is that when one a character wakes up, he makes a wolf noise at one point for a jump scare, and I was like, what the fuck was that? But yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but other than that,
1: um, but yeah, the 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 cast is so good, and and um. The, the the tension that they build with these wolves is so so good
0: so so what do you think the wolves like are what do you mean you think it's like death or like depression like like the wolves are clearly like uh, an allegory or, or like a metaphor for something i don't know i see i think because the wolves are all black so i think they're it's like death like they're this like they're this like dark form that's like always surrounding them always like taunting them and stalking them, you know what I mean? It's... it's like, Because the movie literally opens with Liam Neeson about to kill himself, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's like... It, it's like those... It's like... The, the wolves are like the bad thoughts, essentially, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and one by one, they take all of his friends, you know, until he's the only one left. And he I mean, decides to gotta, fight them. He decides to fight back, which you don't see, which is a bold fucking choice, I think, at the end of this movie. He gets ready to fight the alpha wolf. He... he it's it's the bit you see in the trailer where he breaks the bottles in his knuckles and he he's got him, but they never actually fight. It ends right before.
1: Um, I forgot to show you the post credit scene. There is a post credit scene.
0: What the fuck? You didn't show me the post credit scene.
1: I told I, I turned the movie off because we were gonna start another movie. Uh I, I forgot that there was one. God damn! It,
0: what's the post credit scene? I
1: think it's like two. It's like an out of focus shot. Um. After they fight, and I think they're both, like, li- the wolf and him are lying on the ground breathing, and then it, like, cuts, like, so you still don't know the fates of either of them.
0: Uh, I see. Okay. So he, he could have survived that.
1: He could have, or could have not. Do not, hmm. do, do not know. Um, and that's
0: the beauty of this movie. It's shot- there's, there's a sense of nuance and ambiguity, it's which shot- most it- movies like this don't have.
1: It's shot great, the set pieces are great, the, like... Joe
0: Carnahan's best movie, I, I think. Easily. can agree.
1: Easily. Um... This is just, it's really underrated. You go on, like, Letterbox and, like, it's got, like, a 3.3 or something. It's yeah, like, no. I don't think people are giving this movie the, um, the respect that they, uh, that it deserves.
0: I, I, I think people should give this movie a chance. This is, if, if, you, if you want, like, a good, like, successor for Jaws, like, kind of that that same, like, style of movie we're talking about today... This this really feels like it, it comes the closest to capturing that like magic. Just don't expect you know
1: I mean? it to be like a full movie of Liam Neeson fighting a wolf, because that's not no, what that's, it is. That,
0: that's not what it's about. It's 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 got more it's got more in its mind and it's got more to say that, than that. And I respect the hell out of this movie for that. I initially gave this a five when I watched it, but I think looking back, I'd probably put it at more of a four and a half, just because I think Jaws is better. And I, I just something something about it, I just like I can't I can't give the gray the same score as Jaws. But I will go ahead and give The Gray a four and a half out of five. This movie is is a lot is, is a lot better than I was expecting. So much better.
1: Uh, Roger Ebert gave it a three and a half out of four, and he wrote that the unrelenting harshness of The Gray affected him so much he departed the screening of a different movie on the same day.
0: Uh, Roger Ebert is based as fuck.
1: That is uh, that is based uh, for me. It's a it's a very strong four, uh, bordering on a four and a half. I could maybe get it there eventually. Uh, it's a yeah, great. We,
0: we got to show the friend group the gray. I, I yeah.
1: It's an excellent. It's an it's an awesome movie. Uh, yeah. All the, right. Final one of the day. The new release. We got Idris Elba in Beast. Yes, sir. Uh, Give us a a plot rundown. No spoilers.
0: Uh, Beast. Yeah, so Idris Elba is some sort of occupation. He's a doctor. I forgot what he did until that moment. Um, He is a doctor who is taking his two daughters uh, to Africa. I forget which country uh, specifically. I apologize, but he's visiting there because their mom is from Africa. And he's like, you know, he's trying to reconnect with them, trying to get South Africa. It's South Africa. Yeah. Trying to get them in touch with their roots. I forget that there's a country called South Africa. Yes. Because you would, you, you just think like, oh, you know, South, whatever. Anyway, so they, so he's taking them out there, and they uh, meet up with an old friend of his, Charlton Copley, and they're they're going out on this uh, on the safari when they encounter a big ass lion who who is is out for for blood. And so Idris Elba must now pr- protect what's his, protect his daughters and his family, and and fight the beast and and survive in the mm-hmm. harsh African wilderness. Yep. This movie's okay. Um, eh. think, yeah, meh. It's I I I think. This movie appeals to my sensibilities a little bit more than yours, so I think I'm going to be a little more positive. But at the same time, I feel like we're pretty much in the same ballpark on this one. It could have been stupider or could have just been better. Uh, that is, like,
1: that you, is the thing. It feels like um, this movie is trying to be both the Grey and Anaconda, and it can't really it, decide it is, what it wants to be
0: it doesn't really it doesn't really do either especially well
1: um i think that this movie exceeds um i think the best part of this movie is the the cinematography i think it's shot very well and very nice every take i like almost every take in this movie lasts at least a minute long like they're very long. These
0: long winding takes of like the camera like weaving in and out of door and frames I, and stuff and i was ve- around,
1: i was like, very impressed by all that um um and, like, the way it builds tension at certain points is palpable, but the script is, is is dog shit.
0: Abhorrent. The script is awful. The script, this script might be worse than Anaconda's. Um,
1: I, th- and, maybe, yeah.
0: I, I can at least, like, quote Anaconda, but, like, this is, like, the most, like, if the dialogue isn't generic as fuck, it's dumb as fuck. Yeah. A lot of characters, like, talk over each other. So it's like kind of hard to hear what characters are saying sometimes, and a lot of characters like mumble and slur their words. I I think Idris Elba was drunk for the entire filming of this movie. He is like sleepwalking, ambient his way through this. This to is barely be, be kept awake.
1: Yeah, this is the least engaging uh, Idris Elba performance I've seen. Um, I usually think he is giving it well, his never all. Seen Cats? Uh, he's more engaged in that movie. Um,
0: That is is unfortunate to say, but you are right.
1: But, like, yeah, this is the only time in recent memory, I mean, or ever, like, I I always like his performances, but he really wasn't uh, bringing his A game to this one.
0: It really stood out to me in that scene where he's talking to Charlton Copley, who's actually really good in this. I love, yeah, he's good in this where he's talking to him and you can tell Charlato is just so much more into this than Idris Elba is.
1: I mean, just from the trailer of uh 3000 Years of Longing, you can just tell that he looks way more engaged in that one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um but yeah, um one of the child actors is okay. Mm. Sure, yeah, the other one not so much. Not so much. Um I I like there's not even that much to say about this movie, really.
0: I mean, it's it's a tight 90 minutes it's like it, it goes through the progressions you know what i mean like they're trapped in the safari vehicle because the lion like is attacking it they, they crash the car you know they, they encounter poachers at one point like it, it's just, it's it's not I'm, I'm not saying a movie like this has to be complex but like i don't know if, if they're gonna just been like maybe i'm spoiled by the gray but like if you, if you could have just had like another layer there of of something it's just dispos- disposable yeah, just it's it's uh, mindless. The, you know what? The, I I don't like the phrase like just turn your brain off and watch it. You know what I mean? Because I think people should think about the things they they consume. Sure. But this is very much a uh, a turn your brain off and enjoy it kind of movie. Like like if if Idris Elba punching a lion appeals to you, this this will probably do it for you. But if if you're looking for something like a little more like a Jaws or The Gray, like like a a true a true goat in this genre. I I I don't think this is gonna do it. This is this is like, this is like a step above, like sci-fi original. I think.
1: Yeah yeah, um, the visual effects are sometimes good, sometimes not. Some
0: yeah fair. That's, um, that's a good way to put it.
1: Very very mixed bag on those.
0: Can we not use real lions anymore because of animal cruelty laws or budget? Probably both. Fair yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Have you heard the stories on that movie Roar? Oh yeah, fuck. One day I want to watch that because it sounds. We should, it. Oh,
0: we should have watched that for this episode. Oh
1: Jesus Christ! I guess so. Um.
0: Fuck. Well, yeah. R- write in, cinema heads. If you if you want us to watch Roar, let us let us know.
1: Good lord. Um. Yeah, I I, I I literally like don't even have much to say. That's about pretty much all I gotta beast. say
0: about Beast. This movie was more like Midst, am I right?
1: Uh yeah. Two and a half out yeah. of two and a half.
0: Three out of five. I, I didn't not enjoy watching it. It's better than fall. Um, it is better than Fall. If, if you're looking for like a tense like end of summer movie, I would go this over fall. Yes. Um yeah, this Then. yeah, fucking Beast.
1: And that is our man versus wild episode of this show. We,
0: we went, we went beast mode.
1: We went beast mode. Holy shit! I'm, I'm Kyle, do
0: you wanna do you wanna tell the people what very special episode we have we have planned for for this upcoming week, next
1: week? Oh boy, next week! Next week. I mean, I just mentioned the movie a couple years ago. We have a new movie coming out called Three Thousand years, years Ago. Oh my God! Did I say that? Yeah. I'm tripping three thousand years of longing comes out um, yes movie also
0: the invitation but we're not going to go see that because it looks boring
1: looks boring um so three thousand years of longing the new george miller wild acid trip comes out and it's a genie movie so we thought eh, let's talk about because some fucking genie movies
0: there's enough genie movies we can talk about that so we're talking about we're talking about aladdin the the original not the remake uh, we're talking about fucking Kazam which which i am genuinely really excited to watch that i've never seen it and i hope it's terrible
1: uh you, your your wishes granted uh, uh, <laughs> um and what's the other one
0: <laughs> well we were kind of tossing it around we were i think we were either going to try and find like the original 1001 Arabian Nights from like the 30s or the 20s or whatever or we're going to watch Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, which I know technically isn't a genie movie. I know Elizabeth Hurley's the devil, but she gives him wishes. We and al- it's a we whole al- thing. we
1: also mentioned Wish Upon.
0: So, we'll decide on that third movie later. But uh, it's going to be one of those.
1: Kazam has a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh so uh, yeah, if you guys enjoy the podcast, Which you can, we know you do. You can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterbox at Kyle Krugbum. That's K R I E G H B A U M.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at j underscore dennis ninety nine or on Letterbox at my name Jordan Dennis. Guys, thank you for, so much for stopping by and going beast mode with us. We always appreciate it.
1: Adios.